Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and celebrity interviews live from the grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, how are you? And our great, guest today, you know, NFL uh, superstar. So I'm excited to welcome Sean Merriam into the show. Sean, how are you? And we're going to jump right into it in entrepreneurship, man. You kind of, once you retired, you said, man, I'm going to create a brand. And this brand continues to grow. How much has it been, how much of a challenge has it been from, you know, ending your career in the NFL, saying I'm going to retire and come up with this brand and where it is today? Well, you know, the, the first thing is uh, it's hard for everybody that first year or two, right? Because you've been structured, had this life playing sports, you know, hearing whistles blown, have to be in the gym at a certain time, wake up at a certain time, play a game, practice at a certain time. And so you struggle with that identity, you know, crisis that first year to say, what, what, what am I going to do now? And trust me, I had plenty of things lined up. And then some days, even after I was done, I was still sitting around figuring like, okay, is this, is this it? Is this life now? Um, but the same passion and, uh, you know, the, the dedication and discipline you took, I took to be, you know, what I did on the field, I'd start taking that and applying that to, you know, building this brand with lights out and something that uh, gave me that feeling the same way that I've ran out to 70,000 people uh, before. So it's a very same feeling, and um, I, I'm just loving what I do. Well, that's phenomenal. You know, Aishan, um, who was your entrepreneurial inspiration mainly? Well, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, when, you, when I started out in football, like Ray Lewis and those guys, they were my – People who sat down and, and broke down the game and somebody I looked up to. And then when you start getting into the more of the, the business world, you know, I got a chance for the last 12 or 13 years to hang, you know, be around Sean Combs, Diddy. Um, I got a chance to, uh, you know, talk to the rock a lot and just, hmm. man, I, I appreciate Dwayne's more, more so than all the, the great things he has going on, the success he's had, just his work ethic um, and, and get a chance to watch him from a distance or hit him up. And, you know, kind of pick his brain on certain things. So it's it's kind of, um, it's changed. The other day I was with Jeff Hoffman, you know, one of the co-founders there of, of Priceline. I was down to see him in Arizona watching one of his talks. So I, I've had this um, this very diverse, uh, uh, you know, kind of outreach for the post, for my post career. And how that, how important is that, you know, with your success in football that you made, you created relationships like The Rock. Having relationships. I talked about this earlier in the show, surrounding yourself with the right people. I mean, and that's the thing. I can pick up the phone, contact certain people that are very a lot higher level than I am. 
ask, you know, what's going on, different things. How's that important as an entrepreneur and thinking of brand and everything? You throw those ideas to the rock. You talk to these high level people that have been to the level you want to bring it to, Sean, because you still have been doing this. I think it's a 12, 13 year journey to get to the specific point to finally blow, blow up. And you've been doing this for about 10 years, right? Am I correct if I'm trying to do the history because I've been doing my show for 13? And where do you see it? Like that, that process of the lights out brand from talking to these other guys, is it, you scratch your head and say, okay, now I have to even put more emphasis, more uh, look at what they're giving me these ideas and really go for it. Like, has it changed so much from when you first started where you think you want to go now? Well, well, the first part, uh, the answer to your, your first question is it's everything to be able to reach out to these people, right? Um, you can put together the perfect plan, thinking everything is going well. You're doing things the right way. Uh, but when you talk to these guys and some of the people that you just mentioned as well, this in your life that you can reach out to, it's a game changer because they've already been there, done that. They've made those mistakes. So by them telling you, hey, this is what I did and I made a mistake, I'm like, okay, I'm going to save some money there. I'm going to save, you know, save some time. And so you automatically get ahead of the curve by being able to reach out to some of these people that's already much more successful uh, than you are. This, the second part of that, you're right. I, I think it takes 10 to 15 plus years to build a brand. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, building a brand is one of the hardest things because it takes longevity for people to understand what you are, yeah. what you're bringing to the table. And that's why everybody can't do it. It takes such a long time. You, it's not one of these things that happen. It's just go viral on social media and boom, you got a brand. No, you have to, you know, implant that in people's minds. You know, I mean, when I when I travel, when I go places all over the country, people would say lights out across the street. You know, this is a name that was given to me as a sophomore uh, in PG County, Maryland, Prince George's High School in, um, in, in Maryland, my sophomore year playing football. And so to carry that name through college, through the pros, and now a decade to, to being when I'm done now, to having uh, lights out extreme fighting my MMA company, it, it, it has to resonate with people. And that takes a long period of time. And not everybody's willing to do that. Wow, that's fantastic. You know, brand is so important. But Sean, what, what were the one or two things that you really had to focus in early on when you were building out your entrepreneurial ventures? For, for me, it was um, choosing my time wisely, right? You have to get very, very picky with, with your time. Um, you know, sometimes when I'm coming out of the gym and, and, and I have, you know, interview or even got, you know, get an opportunity to talk to guys like you and I'm like, I can't, guys. I gotta, I gotta go because I have this. If I'm not here this time, I'm, I'm look constantly looking at my clock and my phone right. and my watches all the time and say I, I have to be here because I have to do this. So I, I gotten uh, really, really picky with my with my time, uh, and, and it's so important for entrepreneurs because you, it's there's so many different uh, distractions, so many different distractions that can pull you away from the ultimate goal. So I gotten really, really picky uh, where where I put my time. And that's so important. You talk about picky where you put your time and understand what's going to bring the revenue. So tell us about Lights Out, because, again, Lights Out keeps changing and evolving in where you're at. It's a lifestyle brand, in my opinion. Am I correct, Sean? And where you that was the goal when we first talked 10 years ago. You should go back to that interview and see how much am I saying now compared to now, you know, even when you did the podcast magazine article about a year, year and a half ago. I think that things have changed. So what? just tell people what to expect. You talk about the, the company now. What is involved? What are the types of things that people can get? You get merch, there's the podcast, but there's also the business side with the fighting. So tell us, yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, it's funny when we was talking, I was uh I was selling clothes in retail stores and doing things like that, which is great. Um, I always looked at lights out as you said, a brand um and, and something that started out with clothes and it became a walking billboard for me. Um, uh, you know, kind of fast forward, I think the last time we talked, uh Eight, nine years later, I launched Lights Out Extreme Fighting, my MMA uh, promotion. Uh, now we're on football sports. We're on football TV. Oh, great. Um, and so all of our fights, you can be seen there. But, you know, to be able to partner with uh, with, with football and have our fights shown uh, all over the country. And, and now we're rolling out international distribution here starting out November, December, and, and be able to show it all over the world. Uh, I've always said this. I mean, I, I believe the Lights Out was much bigger than anything I've ever could have done on the field. Um, you know, I kind of gave it a name and a, a, a platform and a character that had a, you know, a, a blue mohawk and a sack dance. But, you know, ultimately, uh, when you think about lights out, you think about, you know, someone being forceful, someone being, I'm going to go out and get it done. Uh, it has su such a big impact uh, on people's lives. And you can't watch a sports channel today without somebody saying yeah. lights out. You just, well, I'm, I'm going to congratulate you being on that. And that's really an accomplishment. And that's by surrounding yourself with the right people. Now you're known as an entrepreneur. You're getting, in, you're getting with the influencers there. You have the other influencers that you already know as well. Holy cow. It's huge. And, I, and, and that's fantastic. Good, Greg. Yeah, that's great, Sean. For Sean. And it's, it's yeah. great. We got to have you back on, Sean, to talk more. Uh, so I'll definitely reach out to Jessica you can talk about more about this, just the fighting and whatever these new events come up to promote, promote FUBU and what's FUBO and what's going on. So go ahead. Yeah, that's great, Sean. So, you know, all that you've accomplished and all that you've done and where you are today, what's the one most important thing you've ever learned? Um, just to take, take my time, right? I'm a person, I want to go, 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 go. And, you know, so luckily I surrounded myself with people that kind of get me to pump the brakes a little bit and, 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 Think a little bit before I start acting and getting things done because you put something in front of me, I want to get it done. I want to get it done today. Uh, and so sometimes it, it takes a little longer to roll out. Um, patience it, it is something that I st I'm still learning every single day to how to be more patient with this thing. And it, and I'm sure both of you guys heard this. It takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly a, not only a witness of that, but a, uh, a person. It. Yes. And you're completely proving. I said to you 10, 12 years. I'm finally in that next trajectory of my business. And it took 10 to 12 years, man. It's just how it is. And then skyrocketing where the show's going and where we're going next. As I was talking uh, to Jessica about specifically uh, having an eight state TV deal, maybe. You just never know where we're going and what happens. You have to just be open to those doors opening. And you have from that lifestyle brand to where you are now. Where is the best place people can find info on you and about everything in Lights Out? Mm -hmm. uh, well, you can follow me on at Sean Merriman on, on social medias, but also follow the MMA company at Lights Out XF um, for Lights Out Extreme Fighting. And just keep keep up. But we're, we're going to be announcing fight dates soon, soon locations, um, you know, our you know continued partnership with football, football sports and being able to roll out, you know, show the programming and, and, and more shows with them. So there's been a long journey. But honestly, it's, it's hard to say, man, I, every day I wake up, I feel like I'm just starting. It's always something new that you start building, you start rolling out. And it's just, it's always like a new excitement, man. I never get to the point where I'm like, okay, I made it, I've done, everything is good. Like, I'm like, okay, what else? What else can we do? Uh, and so that's how I wake up in the mornings now. All right. And awesome. Greg, you can find information on Greg at tossc3.com. He's the IT guru. If you want to know anything about 
Uh, cybersecurity, he's the man, Greg Hanna. Greg, appreciate it, man. And that was Celebrity Interviews. Thanks, Neil. From the Grotto with Greg Hanna and myself. Take care, guys. Hi, everyone. And we're back to the Neil Haley Show now with this new show, Celebrity Interviews, live from the Grotto with my co-host, Greg Hanna, and the host, of, I guess you're the host of this now. Greg, how are you? And we're going to have an amazing guest. I'm going to introduce him, and we're going to have a fun conversation. So I'm with Fadi. K-O-D, Fadi, thanks for stopping by, man. How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you, Neil? Hi, Good. Greg. So, so K-O-D stands for King of the Drums. How did that, how did you get that moniker? How'd you get that gimmick? Well, you know, I'm the media giant. I got that because I'm a legitimate 6'10 former pro wrestler. How did you get the K-O-D? Well, look, I'm going to tell you one thing. I've been playing drums since the age of four. And actually, since the age of two, and I've been performing on stage playing drums since the age of four, more specifically hand drums. And when I started touring in the Middle East and um, and Eastern Europe, people started calling me the king. So not to be like too pretentious and started telling people I'm the king of drums. So I told myself, you know what, let's keep it at KOD. So if anybody would ever ask, I'd be like, stands as the king of drums. So I got my title basically from the people that saw me perform and 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 from from also a lot of media outlets in the Middle East uh that when they would see me perform they'd be like yo you're the king you're the king you're the king so I start I switched my name from Fatty to Fatty Coyote. That's amazing. You know, so Fatty so you, I think you just said you were 3 years old when you started playing hand drums? 2. Oh, 2, two years, years old. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um Tell, tell me about that. What what does a hand drum look like? Is that like the silver ones with the skin that you put on your lap, or no, we're talking like regular drums? Or actually, I play any drum. I play any drum, but my, I'm more specialized in the in the hand drums from the Middle East called the darbuka. You know, it's called it's like a goblet. We call it yeah. the goblet drum. Yeah. And, uh, and it's it's the drum that like my dad gifted me because I'm originally from Lebanon. My parents are Lebanese. I'm born Canadian. I'm Canadian uh, uh, from Quebec. I'm Quebecois. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my dad gifted me that drum at the age of two. And since that day, I just started playing it. And, and at a certain age, I decided to start mixing that sound of that drum with the techno electronic music. And I started touring around the world uh, playing that hand drum with uh, many known DJs. Do you think that being uh, this that type of drum, you are the best in the business? Um, I'm not the best. I will admit that there's always people better. There's a lot of hidden talent. I think I was the best at marketing it. I was the best at making a career with it. And I also reinvented my career around the, al al along the way. But this is where I started my artistic journey. It's with that drum. But eventually... With time, with experience, with stage experience, I learned also how to compose music, write music, and then I started singing, and then I started playing the only one playing that drum and singing at the same time. So I could say that what I do is unique. I might be the only one that does that right now, which is playing that drum and singing at the same time. And But no, I'm not the best. There's, there's hidden talent. There's two like age of seven, eight, I watched them play and I'm like, yo, these guys. But are you the one, <laughs> you the most known? Yeah. Let's say I'm the more, most renowned. Yeah. On an international level. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting thing that you said, you know, you may not be the best, but you were the best at marketing it. 
And, and that's something that people have to realize if they're in business is it's never the person with the best product or service that wins. It's usually the perfect with the best marketing, whether exactly. the product or service is as good, right? Exactly. So let me ask you a question. You know, uh, Fadi, um, what's the style of music that you would call this? Where would that fit? Well, it's world music. It's mainly world music. And the music that I that I compose right now surrounded around that drum. And the funny part is that I I I start composing music using that drum to create the beat, but then I don't record my drums on my songs. Oh. I keep it only for the live shows. So people, when they hear me sing and they hear my songs, they're like, okay, they're interested. But then when they come to my concerts and they see that add-on, I get on stage and I start playing that drum on those songs, they're odd. They're like, wow, you know? So that's that's basically what it is. Awesome. Okay. So uh, I, I'm i just intrigued by uh, this type of music. What do you, so it, You're internationally known. How is the United States taking to you, especially with your type of your music? Because I think that people, I love the fact that you talk about internationally, because if musicians don't look internationally, they're missing so much. Because ultimately, it was interesting, I had this heavy metal star on, he talked about he's only well-known in Japan, renowned known. The, the whole international, how has it been in the United States? How, how do they take your music in the U.S.? Well, it's so funny. I, I released a song in 2019 called Senorita, which on it I sing in Spanish, Arabic, uh, Greek. And I have a feature on it from California. He's, he's, he's very known, Super Saco. He sings English with me on, the, on, the, on that song. And that song plays still today in on radio station and stations in New York and Los Angeles and Miami. And uh, and I still get people tagging me like, oh, look, it's playing your song is playing here. And, 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 and because of that, I get a lot of demand for private events in uh, in uh, in in the U.S. Prior than that. I was getting also a lot of demand because I used to perform in a club called Palladium in Acapulco, Mexico. And that was during spring break. So a lot of the kids that would come to for spring break, they would see me perform and then they would go back home and they would like ask me to come for their uh, private events or events that they would throw in clubs or they would go to clubs and say like, yo, look at this guy. I saw him in Acapulco. You guys should bring him here. So I I, I got known in the U.S. like very quickly because because of that. Oh, wow. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Hey, do you um, have your own label or are there other labels out there that you play under? Or? I, I, I own my label. It's called KOD Music Group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so intrigued, Greg, by his marketing. Okay. It's awesome. Because yeah. how, how much time, how much of a team do you have to build the marketing that you've built out to the point uh, of being known? Look, um, Neil, I'm going to tell you a little secret of, of the success of my career. It's really the team. I've always surrounded myself by the people that believed in what I do more than what I know I can do. Uh, for example, I used to have a partner in Lebanon, in Beirut, Lebanon. We had an office in Beirut, Lebanon, and we had an office in Montreal. And we were coordinating between Beirut and Montreal. And that whole strategy gave me a lot of notoriety in the Middle East. Uh, right now, I decided to export more towards Canada and working in conjunction with Los Angeles. A lot of artists in Los Angeles right now, especially to push my marketing more to the U.S. 
uh, prior than Lebanon, sorry, I had forgotten. Like I told you, I was in Mexico. So I was associating myself with a lot of people and support in Mexico to push in the Latin world. So really, it's the association of who you work with. Right now, I have a team, let's say, of about uh, six people that work around me. But mainly, I'm 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 the general manager. I take the final the final decision. And the reason is, it's not because I'm uh, I I don't trust the people around me. That's that's not what it is. It's I think I came to an, a, a certain notoriety and experience. As an independent artist, it's very difficult to explain uh, to everybody everything that you learned around the process. So you have to be the one taking the final decision. Like, But you still have to be the one that dress up the plan and tell everybody, yo, this is going to be the church strategy. This is how we're going to push it. I'm just going to give you a quick example. We, okay. we did a video clip. We released a song about two weeks ago. We dropped a video clip on September 7th. And I had a huge marketing strategy, uh, a huge push from Google on SEOs because Google owns YouTube to push on YouTube and stuff like that, which I invest a bit of money to for my video clip to play behind video after video clips of the same genre of music. So when we released the song, uh, we got a lot of report on the video clip because there's girls that are not very, <laughs> very overdressed. They're not nude, but they're not overdressed. But unfortunately, a lot of people reported the video that it, it was nude. So when I when this happens, Google stops your marketing uh, advertisement and sends you an email telling you, oh, we stopped your marketing advertisement. Do you think I put my hands down? No. I was like, okay, guys, now it's time to push on social media. We can't count on Google. So we're going to take everybody that was invo involved in the project and you're going to start sharing, sharing, sharing in the video. So we got a quite a good push. We hit the 12,000 views on the first, like, let's say three days, which is not, not bad as an independent artist. But for me, my last video hit 15 million. So for me, it's nothing 12,000 views. So we waited and we still continued and, and I still kept contact with Google to, to try to push it. And then about, a week ago, Google sends, okay, all the reports have been taken and we're pushing your uh, your video right now. And so they started advertising in Eastern Europe, in Ukraine, and in Armenia, and in Russia. And we're going to start from there. Then we go towards Romania, Bulgaria, Turkey, and we come towards Europe until we arrive to Canada, USA. And right now, the song hit 1.3 million views in a matter of six days. Uh, that's fantastic. That's the way to go. Yeah. You know, um, I know we're getting close to time, but I got a one quick question for you, go ahead. Uh, Fatty. Um, what's the most important thing you've ever learned? Be yourself. Don't Very try good. to be anybody else. Just be yourself. No matter, no matter how difficult it is, it's easier to be yourself than try to be somebody else. And your music, my last question for you and your music, what genre would you put it under? Like for people that might not know your type of music, what would it be under? Well, I would, I would name my genre of music and new genre would be called love. Any notes, any sound, anything that works that portrays my feeling about love. This is my genre of music. In my songs, you will hear something that has a Latin vibe with an Arabic vibe, with a bit of hip hop, with a bit of pop. And it's like, it's like K-pop, you know, Korean pop. Yeah. It's like 10 songs in one song. Well, that's what I'm doing, but without being Korean. 
All right. Well, we appreciate it, Fadi. And, and I think the lesson learned today also, not just your music, where can we check it out? But one of the lessons learned is how important marketing is. And people miss the boat when it comes to marketing. But uh, best place we can find info and learn more about you, where can we go? Well, uh, Fatty KOD on Instagram. Uh, also, I got my fan page on Facebook, Fatty KOD Capital Letters. I have my personal fa Facebook also, it's Fatty KOD. And especially my YouTube channel, at Fatty KOD, very important to uh, subscribe and click the bell because there's an upcoming video coming up soon, a new release. We're releasing two songs in the next few, like let's say two months. So if you want to be up to date, that next song is something in the collaboration with a Romanian singer. So, and she's good. She's really okay. good. Surprise. All right. Appreciate it, Fadi. Thank you. And I love this. Thank you. Thank you All great. right, guys. Again, that was Celebrity Interviews live from the grotto with Greg Hanna and myself. Take care, guys. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the best special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews live from the grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, how are you? Doing fantastic, Neil. Toss C3. We have an amazing guest, the love doctor, Robert Mack. And Robert, how are you, man? And I appreciate you stopping by. I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Let's talk about it, Robert. How did you make yourself a brand that you could be known on getting on all these different shows as an expert? Because we all know there are 50,000 of you out there, right, Robert? But they don't have the branding you have. And this is one thing that as a branding expert and a social media expert, marketing expert, I look and say... I try to tell my clients all the time, based on who you are, doesn't mean that, and you can provide great information. You got to brand yourself. So how did you put yourself out there to being this known expert, Robert? Oh, I love it, man. I owe you a PayPal or a Venmo or a Zelle or a check, a compliment. Um, yeah, for me, honestly, it was pretty simple. I never set out to build a brand or a business. I just sent out to sort of share what I knew, what I learned, what I experienced myself. And I was doing it honestly, from the sincerity of my heart, just trying to help people. From the very beginning, that was always, um, you know, my approach. And I think uh, that authenticity uh, is contagious and it's infectious. And I think people um, can feel it um, when you're being authentic versus when you're not. So I think that was sort of like step one for me was just putting myself out there as authentically as possible in an effort to share from the sincerity and generosity of my spirit and heart. I think that's the powerful thing, Robert, in, in that way. But it's a, it takes a lot of hustle too, right? You hustled, right? That, to get all these different people, like, you know, where you were featured and stuff like that. Was that on your own or you built a team to make sure it happened? Yeah. So, you know, that's the fascinating thing is that um, I was never really, you know, I went to business school, uh, you know, I went to graduate school, but I was never, I never fashioned myself particularly strategic business thinker, uh, even though I do that for other people. You know, when it came to myself, I didn't uh, really do that well. And so for me, I think it was mostly about alignment more than achievement. Uh, so I never set out to, I didn't chase any opportunities. I didn't try, there was a small, short period of time when I tried to do some TV stuff and it never really worked out. I tried to get book deals, it didn't really work out. When I sort of surrendered and let go, and focused on continuing to be of service, it really did work out ultimately. Um, and that's the strange thing and the fascinating thing is that the opportunities and people that were most helpful to me in my career and in building my brand came along um, more and more and more effortlessly as I uh, didn't chase and I didn't pursue. I just focused on the mission and the task at hand. Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. I, I love what you said. Um, so Robert, what are the top three issues that people bring to you? Yeah. So great question. I'd say, um, rarely do people call me as a happiness coach. Do they actually call me about happiness? 
uh, in the beginning of my career, I, you know, just called myself a happiness coach. I still do. I'm a positive psychology expert, but people were mostly calling with relationship issues, relationship challenges. Um, so I would say that it's probably the three top issues that I've probably addressed or spoken to people about in the last 20 years has been number one, executive presence or some form or kind of that. Um, so for the entrepreneurs, we might call charisma. For the athletes, sometimes we talk about just confidence. Um, but for the executives, it's executive presence. Number two has probably been managing workload and workflow. So how can I be lazier but smarter? So how can I lean into lazy intelligence, right? How can I be a better strategic thinker, planner, and worker? And number three is probably managing um, difficult people and navigating difficult conversations. That's a really big one. And I'd say that one's probably competing for number two or number one these days. Let's yeah. jump to that one, Robert. Give us some tips. How yeah. to support difficult people. Because, yeah. Or we define sometimes as adversarial. How do you, do you push them away? Do you keep them out of your life? And, or do you figure out ways to deal with them, but keep them far from you in your, yeah. in your circle? That's a great question, man. I mean, number one is you need to access within yourself what they're having trouble accessing. So usually that's peace and uh, usually that's calm and composure. So number one is be the change you want to see in the other person. Believe it or not, emotional contagion and social contagion is a real thing. You can show people better than you can teach them or tell them. So show them through your living, shining example by being the peace and the calm. Uh, the loudest person in the room is usually the weakest person in the room. Remember that. Uh, number two is mostly seek to understand first instead of, being, uh, instead of seeking to be understood. And so that means mostly listening actively, being present, reflecting back what you heard in your own words without judgment, and then validating, normalizing, and empathizing. That's a whole lot, but it sort of sounds like if I heard you correctly, what I heard you say is, you repeat it back to them and you say, did I hear you correctly? And if you can do that, that's like 75 to maybe 85% of the game. Most people just want to be seen and heard and felt and understood. If you've done that, you can build a bank of goodwill that you can then later lean into in order to become a lot more persuasive and influential and hopefully get your way. Mm, uh, that's, that's something great. that I think everyone listening, and I'm going to go get some feedback from Greg on that answer, needs to follow especially when it comes to sales, marketing, relationships in business or in personal relationships. No, it's really true. In my, my opinion, you know, keeping your vibration high, you know, so when people meet you, I mean, the first time you are introduced to somebody, they physically meet you before you speak and your energy is their initial introduction and how you feel that. I know you felt good and bad energy before, and it, it just really speaks uh, volumes to that. Uh, but who are your mentors? You must have had, you know, one or two people that you really looked up to and studied. Who yeah, might those so, be? yeah. So my parents were always, you know, mentors uh, to me. And I think uh, most great parents are, um, you know, most of my other mentors were virtual, believe it or not. Um, I really struggled when I was young to make friends. I was not uh, all that socially adept. I didn't feel like I communicated that well. And I was super shy and awkward and introverted. Uh, so I really leaned into dead authors. <laughs> I leaned into thought leaders in the world. You know, it was Abraham Hicks and Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie and Rupert Spear and all those kinds of folks. Um, but I did, you know, when I came out of undergrad, I went to work for a management consulting firm for many years before I embarked on an entertainment career. And at that time, I had met a few people at the, at the consulting company that were extraordinarily helpful and useful um, and supportive in me moving forward in my career, uh, both within consulting and then outside of co uh, consulting into executive coaching. Um, so Bruce Rogel, a good friend of mine still to this day, he was a partner at the firm. So people like that. Uh, but I've had both virtual and sort of, you know, real live mentors in my life that I'm um, always grateful for. See, and, that, and that's the, the, the important part is surround yourself with the right people, Robert, and then success will follow. 
because ultimately there's someone smarter than us, uh, more energetic than us, uh, more successful than us in defining specific ways. And if you can go ahead and talk to those people and learn from those people, and today in these interviews, I've taken some pieces of advice and saying, well, am I following that completely? Am I on the right track? And when you talk about dealing with a difficult person, that's one thing. You got to be excited about your book, Robert, right? Yeah, I'm definitely excited. And I love what you're saying there, Neil. And you, you all are um, clearly, truly living uh, this teaching right here. You couldn't uh, be more right about the people part. You know, we all have these four or five different forms of leverage, right? If you want to build your business, you want to build your brand. Social capital and social leverage is just so underestimated, I think, for most of us. You know, do you have a deep network? Do you have a broad network? You know, financial leverage, media um, and technology um, are also forms of leverage. But I love that point you make. And yeah, so I mostly talk about, of course, the social leverage. And that's what love from the inside out is all about. Um, to a large extent, that's what happiness from the inside out is about as well. The one thing we know from the world of positive psychology, uh, which is an Ivy League science that focuses on getting the best out of people, we know that relationships matter, right? It doesn't have to be romantic relationships, um, but those matter too. Um, relationships matter. So definitely excited about the book and definitely happy and excited to see people live better, more blissful lives in general. All right, Greg, you got a final question for Robert. Yeah, I have a real quick one. So, you know, books are great. TV's great. All of that. You know, how could people engage with you? Do you do weekend seminars? Do you do online training? How does yeah, that I do all the things um, I'm currently scaling out of the one-on-ones, mostly focusing on workshops and talks. Um, people can find me at my website at coachrobmack.com. You can find me on most all social media platforms, including probably most consistently Instagram at Rob Mack, M-A-C-K official. And you can find both my books, Love from the Inside Out and Happiness from the Inside Out, everywhere great books are sold, including Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, Walmart, all the places. Happiness is such an important thing, Robert, that people think they can't achieve now. Because so true. And, 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 and I, I think my biggest thing is sometimes being more optimistic at times. When things go wrong, which life will always bring, how do you stay happy? How do you stay positive? And learning from people like you sitting down with people like you, you at least understand the perspective I'm talking to so many people. We all can get the thought leaders, the best people to really jive home whatever issue or challenge you're going through. And you have to be able to understand there's going to be challenges in life. But I just can see from your ability to explain things in those top three things that Greg asked, when it comes to success, if you can nail those three questions you brought up of the challenges people have, life will be much, much easier. So my last question for you, and it just, I was called out today uh, by a colleague, optimism versus pessimism. I'm a pessimist, not as bad as most people, but I want to become more optimistic. What do I need to do? Yeah, so um, we, we talk about it from a scientific perspective. We talk about it a little differently than we do from a lay person perspective, which means that there's an um, explanatory style that we all have. Could be pessimistic, could be optimistic, when we talk about it from a scientific perspective, we're really talking about how do we describe or explain when good things happen versus when bad things happen. So if you're an optimist, what you really want to focus on doing is telling a better feeling story based in truth. So what most of us do is we look at something and we see it or experience it and we say, well, that happened. It's true. I need to focus on that. But that's not really worth your time, energy and attention just focusing on something because it's true. Instead, you want to find a way of thinking about and talking about everything and everyone in your life in such a way that it's not only truthful and authentic, but it's also supportive and constructive in helping you to achieve what you most want to achieve, 
right? So let's say it's raining outside. Is it a bad day? I don't know. That doesn't support your emotional or you know, psychological health. Probably not your physical health either. Is it a bad day? Or do you really look forward to sunny days? And you know that the more it rains, the more quickly you know, the rain will be over and it'll be sunny again, right? That's much more constructive and supportive in terms of you feeling joy and peace and happiness and maybe even getting yourself motivated enough to prepare for the sunny day, right? So the idea is can you tell a better feeling story based in truth about everything and everyone in your life simply to feel better because when you feel better, you'll do better and you'll also find that life goes better when you feel better. That's great. All right. Well, appreciate it, Robert. It was awesome. Uh, thanks again for coming on the Neil Haley Show slash Celebrity Interviews live from the Grotto with Greg Panna. I appreciate it, Robert. Man, and you guys. Luck. I you now. You definitely are on your way, so keep it up. Okay? Good you, guys. Appreciate All right. You. All right. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews live from the Grotto. And take care, guys. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews Live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, how are you? And I know our guest today, another exciting one, a really interesting musical guy. So I'm excited to welcome to the show Mercury of Priest Mercury. Thanks for stopping by, man. How are you? Thank you, Neil. Nice to be on the show. It's a pleasure. And uh, yeah, glad you, glad you have, have me. All right, let's talk about your background, your experience, and, and with Priest and all that stuff, and uh, more about it. This, I guess you're the one of the most famous Swedish brand, bands, isn't that correct? You can say that. You can say that. It's, it's not a big country, so we... we... <laughs> <laughs> but you can take it, but kind of give us that background and that musical journey of yours. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would love to share some of my memories of the this journey. Okay, so go ahead. All right. Yeah. So, okay. Mercury, yeah, so I'll just kind of give you a quick question. So, you specifically, what did people you're you're no, well known all over the world? When was that big break for you and, and with Priest? You can say it was uh, about this time last year when we signed on with Cleopatra Records in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, we also got a deal in uh, having our music in a Mel Gibson movie called Hot Seat, and and also with the release of the new album, which took uh, yeah, when the proportions went bigger, you know, and uh, yeah, everything started to happen now, and now tours coming up, and uh, it's uh, the statistics going upwards so we're we're very happy that we did that move and uh to work with brian and other guys and cleopatra i think they gave us a, that extra boost we needed that's guys great isn't it great yeah yeah man that's fantastic you know how did you guys get into um you know doing the mask you know it seems to be like a crow is that right is it a crow mask or yeah yeah it's it's two crows and one spike mask uh, which i use i'm the vocalist and we, uh, I was playing in another mask band before. I don't know if you know, but uh, so I didn't want it to quit. I didn't want to quit. It's too much fun to have a theatrical band. So yeah. we just did our own take on it and changed, it went electronic instead of hard rock. So that's basically what we did and tried to get our own unique touch on the masks uh, as well. So that, that's the basic idea of Priest, uh, and and we just launched it back in 2017, and yeah, now we're here. <laughs> I love the gimmick. Yeah, thank you, former pro wrestler. I the that's the best gimmick possible, man. Like, thank you. Like, you have something unique like that with Priest and all that stuff, and you said you're what you consider yourself 
one of the most well-known bands in Sweden. Am I correct, Mercury? You can you can say that absolutely. Okay. Think, yeah, most and then the are... Mel Gibson thing has got to be unbelievable, right? When you heard about yeah, that. yeah, I had to pinch my arm a couple of times. Just, <laughs> you know, being a, a band from Sweden, getting your music in a Hollywood movie, it's like yeah, it's it's unreachable. And when you grow up here, uh, so I, you know. It, Still to this day, I think it's really, you know, surreal in a bit. But we're very happy. It's a good match. It was a cyber thriller. And we were also into like cyber stuff, cyberpunk. And, you know, so it was a good match. So Tell me that style of music real quick, Mercury. And then I know Greg will have a branding type entrepreneur question. But tell me about that, your style of music for our listeners and viewers out there that do not know who you are in Priest. Yeah, it's actually a blend of different musical styles. Electronic music from the 80s is probably the most heaviest influence we have, but also like bands from the 90s. And we mix it with new uh, technology as well. So you get a modern touch uh, on it as well. But heaviest, we we, we rely on uh, the 80s sounds and old synthesizers as well. So... And it's a bit on the more heavy side and a little more gothic side. So we don't, not very many, very happy songs. We we do in minor key, write in I minor mean, key. Could, often, yeah, you know. We can tell from your gimmick. With yeah. the I don't think we're going to see upbeat, positive happiness type thing. I don't think so. I'm a happy guy, you know, uh, privately, you know, so maybe I need to have the dark side, uh, you know, get the dark stuff out in 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 a creative project instead cuz I I'm not doing that privately. So it's uh yeah. All right, I'm going to throw, you know? throw okay. a last question cuz Greg has to jump off. We all have to jump off quick. Go ahead, Greg. I got to jump. Well, obviously, you know, business entrepreneurship, uh, theater, oh. all that stuff and marketing super important to you, right? Um which do you think is the biggest influence for you? The theater part, the entrepreneur, the business? You know, what really drives you at this point in your career? I think the music is always the, the biggest, but when you try to make a band grow, the entrepreneurship, as you mentioned, is getting more important. And you no, on our level, nobody else is doing it. We have to do it in ourselves, most, most of it right now. So you learn a lot and you you learn to use the social media and uh, how to grow a band basically because it's a little company you're doing so that's taking more and more part of it but uh, you you never can forget the creativity because that's where it all starts right so i have a to have a good balance between the both is the most challenging thing i think and uh, but we're we're going forward and upward, and uh, it's it's a lot of you know you have to roll up your sleeves and really do it yourself. It's nothing happening by itself, it's self you know. So it's uh, it's it's hard work, and uh, we're willing to do it. And if you are willing to do it, anybody out there, uh, it's it doesn't come for free. You have to work hard for it, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, sooner or later, it's gonna happen, you know. All right. Well, we appreciate it, Mercury. Best place, find info. Where can we go? What? Find, find info on you. Where can we check out the band and everything? Yeah, you can check it out on www.priestnexus.com and also Priest on Spotify and uh, on social media uh, at Priest Official on Instagram and also Priest Official on Facebook. So right. that's all the Perfect. info.
And Toss3.com for Greg Hanna. Appreciate it, guys. That was Celebrity Interviews Live from the Grotto, guys. Take care. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Strategic Wealth Strategies with our host, Alan Porter. Alan, how are you, man? Doing great today. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Topics every week just blow me away. And you said in a couple weeks, it's going to be something that only the wealthy know, that you know as a a wealth planner. You just got to check out Alan Porter. Make sure you email him. Phone number's right on the screen. Let's go to our topic today. Well, first, let's say a prayer for people in Florida because they're going to they're going to have a big mess coming up here in the next couple of days. I know I've gone through it several times. Oh my gosh! Yes, what's happened to people in Puerto Rico? Let's also think about them and yeah. power outage for so long. They don't even have power. It's just we have to be happy with what we have that God has given us and. And thank, thank to have these great blessings, but we'll definitely say that prayer. Well, Neil, thanks for having me on. And, and today I've got some questions for people. I don't care whether you're wealthy, whether you're middle class or whatever, but you need to think about these questions. You're business owners. You need to have these questions. Think about these questions and you need to know the answer to these questions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up a PowerPoint here. So give me a chance here. All right. Here All right. Can you see that okay? Yes. All right. People need to ask these questions and they need to know the answers because it will cost him cost them not not only tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of undo taxes, fees, and lost opportunity costs. So what I want to show people, it keeps you up at night. What's your most significant expense? And a lot of people think, oh, my God, I don't know what the market's going to do. It's just like it's going on today. My God, what, what have we lost, 20 25%? I don't know what the market did today. But people, especially in retirement, they think about that all the time because that's their, that's their retirement income. What about future taxes? What about debt? If I can save you 20 to 50%, is that a conversation you'd like to have? What if I can show you a possible way to reduce or eliminate debt and taxes. Would you like to hear about that? And we did a podcast here a couple of days ago on just doing that particular uh, reducing debt. And it makes a huge difference in people's lives. But these are questions that people need to know the answers to and ask themselves. Do you know what the effective interest rate is? Well, Neil, I found out, and I, I didn't know what the effective interest rate was until I became educated on it. 99% of people do not know what the effective interest rate is. And it's costing them thousands of dollars to pay institutions and not to pay compound interest to themselves and not to financial institutions. Now, understand, Einstein said compound interest is the eighth one of the world. Those who understand it will benefit from it, and those who don't will pay it. Are you paying it? Well, believe me, 99% of Americans are paying it because they don't understand the definition of effective interest rate and what it means to the financial future. Next would come up. What is your state plan? The default plan, the government's plan, where you pay the most in taxes? I can show you how to set up your your estate plan and possibly use 1% of your income to protect 100% of your assets. These are my team's financial strategies, concepts, and products. I'm going to give you a couple examples. I don't know whether you remember Joe Robbie, Joe Robbie State. He owned Joe Robbie Stadium and the Miami Dolphins uh, several years ago. Well, he was worth over $400 million at one time. But he didn't have a plan set up. 
He had no trust, no wills. And his family got next to nothing because they had to sell the team and the stadium just to pay the taxes on his estate. Another one I know everybody's probably familiar with, the performer Prince. He died a couple of years ago, and his beneficiaries are going to get less than probably 85% of that estate because he did not have the proper trust or will set up. And the government uh, is going, because it's going through probate, and probate, I have a de definition for that. Probate is a lawsuit that's initiated by you that you're going to pay for and you're going to lose because it's been over two years and now the state still is in probate. And understand this. This is really, really gets me. Attorneys are going to get 6 to 12% of that estate because of their litigation. Mm. That in itself is criminal to me. Next question. And I, this is very big for me. Does your current plan reflect the values of your current advisor or yours? Now, understand, I know people, they've been with their advisors for years and years and years. That could be their best friend or whatever. But is he only showing you a stock portfolio where he gets paid a fee or not? Is he a fiduciary? Now, I'm a certified financial fiduciary. So I'm going to ask people this question. If he's only showing you a stock portfolio where he gets paid a fee, whether you make money or not, is he looking out for your best interest or the best interest for him and his company? And people need to think about this, but they don't because they've, they've, everybody's been brainwashed uh, for Wall Street. 60-40, 60% stock, 40% bonds. See your financial advisor. Uh, he's a fiduciary. He'll find out the best uh, possible scenario for you. It's not true. Next question. Big one here. Do you have enough confidence in your, your uh, advisor not to get, a, to get a second opinion? And I have two answers for this. Yes, I have, a not, I have enough confidence, but I would like a second opinion. And no, I don't have enough confidence. I need a second opinion. Look, uh, Neil, I'm not here to replace anybody's financial advisor. I have a team of people that I work with, and I want to collaborate with a person's financial advisors to give the client the best possible scenario. But one thing that I found when I, I work with affluent clients, they all tell me, well, my CPA, my financial advisor, or my attorney, give me all my tax and uh, uh, investment advice. And I say, well, that's fine. But understand this. You may have the best advisors in the world, but it's what they don't know that's going to end up costing you hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, and undo fees, taxes and lost opportunity costs. And they think about it, well, yeah, you're, you're kind of right. I said, I mean, there's, there's over hundreds of thousands of pages in the tax code alone. And your CPA can't know all that. That's why I have a team of people that I work with, top CPAs, tax-specific attorneys, and other specialists in, the field, in our fields that I collaborate with to give the client the best possible financial scenario and saving the most in taxes and give him the opportunity for the uh, to do other things with their money that if only would have gone to taxes. This is a big one. What is your strategy for exiting your business? Do you have a plan? If you don't, you need to. You need to. to uh, if you do, you need to work on it each year. If you don't, you need to start one. You know, you have to have a, a plan for everything you do in life. Let me ask you this question. When you sell your business, would you like a tax deduction instead of paying capital gains tax? Well, everybody says, well, yeah, I, yeah, definitely we'll do that. How do we do that? Well, 
That's what I do with my practice. I have a team of people that we show people how to do that. Get a tax deduction instead of paying capital gains tax for your business. What have you, this is huge, and people don't think about this. What have you done to protect yourself from divorces, bankruptcy, or business reversals of your children? Now, you worked long and hard for your estate, okay? Do you want your estate to go to your family and not someone else's? What if your daughter gets married and the marriage only lasts a year? Are you willing to give half of what you were going to give her to her estranged husband when you pass away because she made a bad choice? Now, understand, you know, the list goes on and on with these questions like this uh, due, due to uh, bad uh, business reversals of your children, bankruptcy, and divorces. People need to think about it. Did you know that you can insure your retirement? You insure your car? You insure your home? Why not your retirement? And I got a misspelling there. But I can show you how to insure your retirement and guarantee that you will never run out of money even if you run out of assets. And hmm. did you know the number one fear in retirement is running out of money before you run out of life? I show people have to have guaranteed income for the rest of their lives. I don't care if you live to 120, you may be out of assets at age 85, but by contract, you'll be, you'll be, and that's guaranteed money that you'll be paid for the rest of your life. And it could be for your spouse's life also. There's many different ways to set these products up, but people need to be educated on these. And like I've told you before, Neil, these are things that need to be taught in high school, but they're not. And I know people that have PhD degrees in economics, and they don't know what I'm talking about either. It's something that's very simple, but people need to be educated on this stuff. Did you need, did you know, this is a big one. Did you know that you can get a tax deduction today for a charitable gift that will not go to charity until after you die? Now, I've, I've done many plans with this particular scenario right here. And like I said, I've got a team of specialists that I work with. No one can know everything. And that's why I have a team of people that I collaborate with to make these things possible for people. What have you done to create tax-free income in retirement? Now, taxes, you know, I asked people, I said, what do you think taxes are going to do, go up or down? And some of them say down. Well, I said, I've got, a, I've got a, a harsh reality for you. we got a $31 trillion deficit, over $239 trillion of unfunded liability. And Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security is going to take up over 90% of that. And Medicare is six times larger than Social Security. Social Security is uh, scheduled to run on money in 2035. Now, Social Security being fixed, but the rest of them are going to be huge problems. And uh, you know, right now, we're in the lowest tax, rate, tax bracket we've been in 70, uh, 70 years. Wow. And Neil, understand this. Right now, we're, we, all have, we all have a progressive tax system. Our lowest tax rate is, I believe, 10%. And uh, the majority of the people, I think, or 40% of the majority are or like at the 12% minimum tax bracket. If nothing is done, if nothing is done with taxes whatsoever, taxes in January 1st, 2026, are going to go back to what they were in 2017 with Obama. That means the people in the 12% minimum tax bracket are going to over 25%. Now that's over 100% increase. Wow. The rest of the tax brackets are going to go up also. 
But you're not going to find a financial planner or a CPA to tell you about this because I really I don't think they know because they haven't educated themselves on it. But this is huge. I'm totally think about this. A hundred over a hundred percent increase in the federal taxes you pay. And with, with what's going on right now, do you realize we have to spend, I think I believe it's forty-seven or forty-eight hundred dollars a year more just to live than we did 20 months ago. Wow. When Biden took office. And it's getting worse. This is very near and dear to my heart. Are you protecting yourself from the extreme, extraordinary expenses of long-term care? I have people tell me that they're not gonna, they're not gonna need long-term care. But Neil, do you realize that 70% of all Americans are, are going to need long-term care at some point in their life? 40% of Americans between the age of 18 and 64 are on long-term care right now. Mm. And this is an age lab study by Dr. Pekorski at MIT University. If you're married in age 65, there is a 75% chance of you or your spouse contacting Alzheimer's, dementia, or Parkinson's. Now understand this. I had to go home to Nebraska where I'm originally from this spring. And my brother's five years older than me. I had to put him in a nursing home. That's not a fun scenario for anybody. Uh, I know because I've lived it. But the thing is, uh, he's got dementia. And I got three of my friends that are 75 years old. One of them had Alzheimer's. He died last summer. But the other two are sitting in nursing homes. They don't remember their names. They don't know their families. And all they're doing is sucking their families dry of their estate. And if you're a spouse of, of somebody that's in long-term care, and you may have had a million dollars or more in a retirement plan. Right. There's a thing called Medicaid spend down. The spouse that's caring for the, the intern will end up with one car, one house, and approximately $137,000. I don't care how much money you got. That's what happens. And people need to prepare themselves for this. I can show them how to do this and do it with tax-free money. Wow. Because long-term care, Neil, right now costs between fifty dollars to $200,000 a year. Wow. And it's going up by 6% every year. That's crazy. And it's, it's so important to find, the, to find someone like yourself. That's for sure. Well, this is my last slide. And I, I like this because when I tell people this, they're going, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Finally, what if I could show you how you can leverage our tax system turn forever taxable money into never taxable money, give you an option to pay for long-term care with tax-free money, provide you tax-free income in retirement and before, protect you from the taxation of Social Security and the means testing Medicare, Medicare Part B. Now, Neil, that alone is in, in thousands of dollars per year in retirement when you don't need that expense. Mm -hmm. Protect you from liens, lawsuits, and judgments. Not only that, protect you from stock market losses and giving you the opportunity to take advantage of a down market while giving you almost total liquidity to your money. And become your own bank and pay yourself compound interest and not the financial institutions. Now I want to ask everybody out there, would you like to hear about this? I can show you how this is done. Mm -hmm. This is what I specialize in. Neil, that, that's a, that, this is a short presentation of questions that, that people need to ask themselves. They need to know the answers to because it affects their financial future. It'll affect their, their family's financial future. 
it'll it'll affect your mental health. Yeah. Because if you don't know the answer to these questions, you're under stress all the time. And one of the things that I think it was a Harvard study. One of the things I I uh, promote is guaranteed income in retirement. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed income that you can't outlive. And if you have guaranteed income, you have a less stressful life and a much healthier life. And it's been proven in studies because you don't have to worry about the ups and downs of the stock market. Think about somebody that retired last year and going and getting their money from the stock portfolio. Right. Now, there's a thing called sequential returns risk that most financial planners never tell their clients because I've never had any of my clients have their financial planners tell them about it because I ask them. But if you have a loss in the first three uh, years in a stock market where you're taking your money in for retirement as compared to the last three years of a 10-year period, if you have it the first three years, you're probably running out of money in the seventh or eighth year. And the reason being is because Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.